ABC Listen. Podcasts, radio, news, music and more. Maxwell looks to finish it and he might have done it as well. And they've finally got their hands on a men's T20 World Cup trophy. This could be it. Catch is taken. Australia clinches the T20 World Cup for a fifth time. Imagine that, but Olympic champions. The Los Angeles 2028 organisers have recommended that cricket be included at the LA 28 Games, just 128 years after it was last played at the event. Time flies when you're having fun. It comes after the success of the sports inclusion in the 2022 Commonwealth Games and as the ICC is making a push for the sport in North America. So this feels like a pretty big step. With the Brisbane Games in 2032, could we see a cricket home gold medal? And what does this actually do to expand cricket into a world game? I'm Poppy Penny and this is ABC Sport Daily. Andrew McGlashan is the deputy editor for ESPN Crick Info. Andrew, we saw cricket in the Commonwealth Games in 2022, but it is set to come back to the Olympics for the first time since 1900. How huge is this for cricket? It feels like quite a big and significant moment. Um, It's been a long time coming. Clearly, there's been some resistance from some of the leading cricketing nations about having it in the Olympics uh, because of clashes with their seasons. English English cricket, for example, had some reservations over the years because the Olympics often will take place during their home cricket season. Um, India's had some reservations because they don't want to cede too much power to another organisation. But it's always been pushed very hard here in Australia um, as an option. So it's terrific news that it's got to this point. It just needs one more tick off, of course, and feels quite symbolic, really, that that final sign-off will likely come in Mumbai. Of course, I guess you could call India the heartland of cricket. So a pretty significant uh, moment for the game. Um, and it will be interesting to see what sort of momentum it builds now over the next four years towards LA. And then, of course, the potential of it being um, in the Brisbane Olympics uh, four years after that. What will the Olympic iteration of cricket look like? Well, they're going to use the T20 format, which has become, I guess, the globally dominant format of the game. There were a few requirements that the IOC required of the sport. It needed to be a version of the game that had an international tournament. So it couldn't be T10 cricket, for example, which is only played at sort of domestic and league levels. There needed to be obviously the male and female participation element to it. So it will be T20 cricket, the ICC are still working through the qualification structure. There is talk it'll only be a six-team tournament, so it won't be like 14, 15, 16 teams like we see at the T20 World Cup. And the USA, as hosts of the next Olympics, would qualify automatically, uh, we're presuming. The thought is that that will take the T20 world rankings that the ITC use at the moment. So could be a very interesting four years coming up with teams jostling uh, for a place in L.A. So you touch on the Brisbane Olympics as well. What does it mean for that if it gets up in 28 in LA? Are we likely to see it in Brizzy? I would certainly hope so. I mean, it would seem a very um, unfortunate move if it appeared in LA and then didn't appear in an Australian Olympics. So, I mean, it it would be terrific as well to have cricket at an Australian uh, Olympic Games, one of the major cricketing countries in the world. You know, I've watched Olympics since I've been a young kid and, you know, when you see an Australian athlete up on the stage singing the national anthem after they've won a gold medal. It looks like a a great moment and they've done everyone proud in the country. To be able to do that would, would be really special. 
I mean, there were some thoughts initially that it may might be held back until Brisbane in 2032 as a bit of a let's bring cricket in in Australia where everyone knows what it's all about. But clearly there's a push as well for the US market. So really fingers crossed that it stays around for Brisbane and beyond. So you touch on that push that the ICC are making into the US market. We saw Major League Cricket debut earlier this year. It's the championship of Major League Cricket 2023, the first of its kind. They'll be hosting the next T20 World Cup for the men, along with the West Indies. Is this the biggest win for them in terms of cracking that market? It feels another very significant moment. I mean, it's been something that so many generations of cricket administrators have tried to do, certainly over, say, the last 20, 25 years, is try to break into that American market. And there hasn't really been what you call a major success story yet. I mean, there's been various sort of like carnival-type tournaments go there. I mean, of course, remember a few years ago, the likes of Shane Warne and Sachin Tendulkar took cricket teams to the US to play sort of exhibition matches. It is the final match of the Cricket All-Stars the inaugural tour of the United States warns Warriors against Sachin's Blasters here at the Dodger Stadium. And of course but it does feel over the last few years that the momentum has been growing. The, um, the Caribbean Premier League plays matches in Florida. You mentioned there the, the men's T20 World Cup next year. That's a very significant moment. The ICC announced recently the venues they're looking at using in the United States, which include Florida, Texas and New York. There is some talk they're hoping to stage the India-Pakistan game in New York. And that would be quite a a spectacle, I think. Cricket in the US, I mean, it has big numbers in the US, but broadly through the expatriate community, more broadly by the size of America, it's still a very small sport over there. But, But the broadcast market, the supporter base there, it is potentially massive. And if the ICC on the back of the World Cup and then the Olympics as well can crack into that American market. That does open a whole world of, of funding and, and more money into the game. Um, so it really is a big moment for the sport. Cricket entering the Olympic fold comes at the expense of other sports like breakdancing, which will be one and done after the Paris Olympics next year. Do you think that cricket, though, lends itself more to, I guess, an Olympic format and is maybe a more viable Olympic sport? Well, that's always been one of the debates about it, hasn't it, is whether it is actually a sport that, A, I mean, I say needs the Olympics because cricket sort of stands on its own own two feet and is, I guess, a slightly different structured sport. Uh, but I think I think with the emergence of T20, we've been having this debate 30 years ago. Um, I don't think, for example, one day international cricket would have worked. The, the format was too long. It would take too long. It would it, You wouldn't be able to get it done in two weeks, uh, a two-week <laughs> Olympics. But I think with the emergence of T20, that's opened the doors to these shorter, sharper tournaments, uh, particularly if they're only going to make it six teams. You could, you can obviously stage it over a few days. We saw it with the Commonwealth Games in Birmingham last year when the Aussie team obviously got the gold medal. So I think that has lent itself to re-energising this debate about cricket in the Olympics. Of course, there is always going to be a squeeze on these new sports or these fringe sports that come into the Olympics. Unfortunately, some are going to miss out and some will feel hard done by. But I do think cricket globally is a big enough sport to warrant a place at the Olympics. I mean, you just look at the numbers that follow the game, uh, the viewership, the, the fan base, particularly in the subcontinent. I think this is its also a, a valid point to make that the IOC are going to win out of this as well because the Indian subcontinent market is one that the Olympics has not quite cracked in the way it has cracked, say, the USA or Australia or Europe. And there's already talk about how much the TV rights are going to be worth in India next time if cricket is part of it. So I think it's a win-win for both cricket and the IOC. 
So this is obviously exciting for cricket. It's exciting for cricket fans. But the counter argument is that cricket is not exactly a world game in the same way that, say, soccer is. We have a World Mm. Cup happening at the moment and there are 10 nations represented. You say that in potentially in the Olympic iteration we'll see six nations represented. Is that a fair point, though, that people are making around it not maybe being a world game? I think it is. Um, I think there's a little bit of historical legacy to that as well, uh, because I guess when people look at the top level of cricket, like you say, the World Cup going on at the moment, they'll go, how can a World Cup only have 10 nations? And that's a whole other debate about how cricket (laughs) structures its World Cups. I guess perhaps the more relevant one for this is the T20 World Cup, which is actually going to expand in its next edition, have more teams. So it has always been that challenge for cricket that it's seen as a sport played at a high level in a small number of countries. But I think one of the keys of the Olympic debate as well is that it will open the door to perhaps the sport being seen more globally. I fully support it. I mean, there's a there's a real growing cricket market happening in the US with some really great, um, exciting initiatives going on. So I guess we are a global sport where we're not completely a global sport, but I think if we enable ourselves to try and open up those markets and and, and tap into some some untapped ones, why not? Cricket is growing in a number of countries um, sort of below what you might call the top 10 nations in the world. So it is absolutely a valid debate that perhaps it doesn't tick all the boxes, that perhaps some of the other sports, perhaps around accessibility sometimes as well, and it can be seen as quite an expensive sport to play cricket because of all the equipment it needs. But I do think the game has evolved over the last 10, 15 years with some of the emerging nations coming through and perhaps in Olympic editions to come, whether it starts as, say, six teams in LA and is a success, maybe when it gets to Brisbane or future Olympics, it can grow the number of teams and perhaps open the door for some teams, for some other nations to get their foot in the door. More and more we see players chasing the sun through franchise cricket with leagues popping up all over the world. Is there concern that some of the world's best players might just not be available for Olympics or will this kind of go the other way and encourage more players to commit to playing for their country? I think that's a really interesting question and kind of I suppose it goes back to one of the kind of the issues that some of the countries had of convincing that it should be an Olympic sport because it sort of has issues that come in real payment and sponsorship uh, things like that but from a purely a, a player's perspective I do wonder whether it might actually be an enticement for some players to go well look I could be an Olympic gold medalist here I mean when you speak to the Australian women's cricketers who competed at the Commonwealth Games they were very much motivated by having that title as, as Commonwealth gold medalist. That was certainly one of the things that we wanted to um, to do at the start of this was to come away with a gold medal and even any medal um, we would have been pretty happy with but yeah it's it's certainly almost the cherry on top and um, we've won a lot of medals but um, I think yeah this this one's pretty special. So you would hope that the the legacy of being um, an Olympic medalist motivates some players. I think inevitably the international game is going to lose some cricketers over the next cycle. I think this ODI World Cup that's going on in India at the moment will be a bit of a watershed moment for the sport. I don't think it's going to be a mass exodus. I don't think we're suddenly going to turn up in six months' time and have none of the players we recognise playing international cricket. But I do think there's a generation coming through now where, as you say, there's just so much choice. And what will be interesting is that depending on how the qualification works for the Olympics, it'd be very interesting to see which countries prioritise that in this four-year cycle of, of T20 cricket that's coming up. Do you see, for example, a team like Australia who might sometimes rest their best players from these bilateral T20s that don't actually have a lot of meaning, but suddenly if Olympic qualification is on the line, 
are you saying to to Pat Cummins and, and people like that, actually, we need you to play this. We want to qualify for the Olympics. So I think there's some interesting dynamics that play out there for the international game, not just the Olympics, but broadly where the game's going. But I can't see too many negatives with cricket being in the Olympics. Andrew McGlashan, these are exciting times for cricket fans. Thank you for your time today. No problem. Headlines. AFL trade period is in full swing and Essendon appear to be collecting former North Melbourne players at this stage. Yesterday, they acquired unrestricted free agent Todd Goldstein and today they gained key defender Ben Mackay from the Roos also. They had to give up pick three for Mackay, which means the Roos are building up quite the draft hand. In other news, Collingwood have reportedly offered Fremantle small forward Lockie Schultz a four-year deal with a fifth-year trigger after he announced he wanted to go back to Victoria for family reasons. Talks between Super Netball players and Netball Australia over a new collective player agreement have stalled, according to the Players Association. The ANPA say Netball Australia have rejected a proposal despite the players making what they say are significant concessions. Players are concerned about the lack of clarity over the vision and finances of the game moving forward. And the NBA preseason is underway and Ben Simmons is eyeing a full-time comeback to the Nets roster. Playing limited minutes, he managed 10 points, three assists and a rebound. He is hoping for his sake he can keep himself fit and get on court during the season proper. Meanwhile, the number one pick and once-in-a-lifetime player Victor Wembanyama made his preseason debut for the Spurs. In 19 minutes, he had 20 points, five rebounds and a block. Spurs harass Wallace into a turnover and... The kid is special. I'm Poppy Penny and this is ABC Sport Daily, produced by Kyle Hopkins. Thanks to the ICC, ESPN, Fox Sports, Bally Sports and both One Crick and Crick Hub on YouTube for the extra audio used in this episode. Discover more great ABC podcasts, live radio and exclusives on the ABC Listen app.